Okay, listen up. All hot nay day. Joy team. Ark mark. All our tang. Okay, find out. Right now. What did I just say? You just ask everybody to pick up the samurai swords and shave your butt. While listening to this episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Reflux capacitor. Fluxing. Rush Hour 2, 2001. Prepare to rewind in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the Super Bill Master Interrupter Powers. Just remember, Captain, in Hong Kong, I'm Michael Jackson. You're Toto. That's Tito. Toto's what we had for dinner last night. But also uh, hey. for this discussion of the film Rush Hour 2, we welcome back aboard Schiff's, uh, Ship's Chef, Brother Nate Milton. Hey, Brother Nate. I'm doing this episode for Nelson Mandela and how he had to spend 27 years <laughs> locked up. So this episode of Retro Rewind Podcast is dedicated to the great Nelson Mandela. Hallelujah. What's going on, boys? <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, Brother Nate. And we have a new uh, guest to the show. Uh, we like to welcome aboard for the first time, uh, creator of the Coffee and RPGs YouTube channel, Solomon K. Welcome, Solomon. Emotional damage. <laughs> what? You heard it. All righty. Well, now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, though, do you really know who we are? Paul, can you give, give us a quick overview of production specs for Rush Hour 2? All right. Rush Hour 4, Face Off 2. What are you talking about? on the sequels of both oh Rush gosh. Hour and Face Off. It uh, came what? out in 2015. With uh, Lee Brian Hung as Detective Lee and Sean Puff Daddy Combs as Detective Lee Carter. Paul. By yes. Paul. Yes. Rush Hour Dose 2. Yeah, this is the sequel. Oh, the movie. Yeah, oh, the movie, Paul. Hold on. Okay. Rush Hour 2 is released August 2nd in the year 2001, runs an hour and 30 minutes, and is rated PG-13. It was directed by Brett Ratner and written by Ross Lamana and Jeff Nathanson, with lead stars being Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Shocker. What? <laughs> the music was composed by Lalo Schifrin. Sure, we'll go with that. Sure, are you ready yeah. for the box office trivia? I'm ready. Uh, Brother Nate and Solomon, are you ready? Let's go. Uh, yes. And everyone in chat, feel free to join in as well. Go for it, Paul. Okay, Rush Hour 2 was made for about $90 million and earned about $350 million at the box office. Given this and the fact that it was released theatrically in 1991, how high in the box office do you, think it, do you think it ranks among the movies released in 1991? 2001, Paul. 2001. Yeah, Isn't you that said 1991. Sorry. That was my notes from the previous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's. How it was released in two thousand one. High. Yes. How high in the box office do you think it ranks right. among the movies released in two thousand one? All right, let's go start for the with top fifty. Brother Nate, where in the top fifty do you think this this ranks? 
you know, I'm going to go a little ambitious here for mm-hmm. our guys, Carter and Lee, and I'm going to say this is a top 10. So I'll, I'll say number nine. Number nine. Okay. Uh, Solomon, how about yourself? I think it's, I think it didn't – now, from what I could remember, and which could be totally wrong, I think domestically it didn't do well, but worldwide, that's where the real money came in. And so I'd argue it would probably be top five, actually. Okay. So you're going to – are you going to say five? Yeah. No. Uh, three. Let's go with three. Three. Okay. Okay. All right. So just below Fellowship of the Ring and Harry Potter – a Sorcerer's Stone. All right, that's that's pretty bold. Wow, you know your uh, 2001 <laughs> office. <laughs> um, for me, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna go right pretty much between you guys. I'm gonna mm. say six for my guess, because yeah, it's it's, it's a very popular movie. I feel like being the sequel to a uh, popular one. So in chat we have, let's see. Uh, Cellcast guess is 15. Dale mm-hmm. guess is 7. Um, Stacy's guess is 10. Uh, I think that was all the guesses. Paul, what? where did it end up in the top 50? Well, it did better than Rush Hour, but not break the top 10. It comes oh. in at number 12. Wow. wow. Okay. Really? All right. That's close. It's respectable. Yeah, well, exactly. Stacy won that. So Stacy was the closest. Good job, Good job Stacy. Uh, but no, you know what? Maybe there's uh, maybe you know. I want to say thank say. you for those factoids, Paul. <laughs> and let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice is located. Our target film. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. For a second rush. You smell good. Chris Tucker. Jackie Chan. Rush Hour 2. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Nobody understands the words that are coming out of your mouth. A Brett Ratner film rated PG-13. Now playing. Indeed. Now playing. But how did that play into our memories of... The film Rush Hour 2. Well, let's get into our memory mind mode synopsis of this movie. Uh, <clears throat> East meets West again as Tucker and Lee are in China on vacation, but get pulled into an international mystery. They wisecrack their way through a massage parlor and karaoke bar and wind up running naked down the streets until they finally reach the Red Dragon laundry, laundering funny money in Vegas, where Carter marshals his arts against... Who Lee and wins by a fluke. I guess Who Lee won't be in Rush Hour 3. <laughs> Who is Who Lee? I don't remember that. In fact, our memories must have been. Deceptic. Uh, the rest of that seemed actually pretty accurate. Um, but based on those memories, as flawed, they're so flawed as they were. What reign did they lead you to predict before you watched this film? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with Brother Nate. So you you seen this movie before, but before yeah. your rewatch, what was your what was your prediction for how you would rate it? So before my rewatch, I predicted nostalgic because I remember nostalgic. liking it, but mm-hmm. I felt like it would be a step below Rush Hour, the original. Yeah, so and I, totally I rated that. that a classic. So I figured mm-hmm. this be nostalgic. 
nostalgic before the rewatch this week. Okay, awesome. Uh, Salman, how about you? What was your prediction? Pretty much the same. Like, I I totally forgot the plot and everything about this movie. Okay. So You did watch this again, though, right? Oh, yeah, I did, I did. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes the, that's happened part, before. For the most part. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Okay, but you nostalgic the was <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Nostalgic was your prediction, though you said. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mel of the Road. Uh, Paul, how about you? What was your prediction for this? Nostalgic as well. Nostalgic as well. I probably I was the only the only one that was like just remember this so fondly that I actually mm-hmm. predicted classic for Rush Hour too. I remember watching this one a lot along with Rush Hour with like Paul when we were in college. So my prediction was classic. And it'll be interesting to see if those predictions come true. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about Rush Hour 2. Let's spin up our... Best bets. All right. The top things we like about Rush Hour 2. And let's start with Brother Nate. What's one thing you liked about this film? There's so many things in this film once I... did the rewatch this week that I'm like, huh? oh, I remember that. I remember yes. that. That yes. was in this movie because, like, like Solomon's saying, I think all three of the Rush Hour films kind of run together. together the yeah, further yeah. we get away from them, yes. And so I'm like, oh yeah, this is the one where Cheadle shows up randomly. That's uh-huh. right. <laughs> um, I think my the first thing I, I enjoyed about this is the fight scenes, the choreography, uh, the creativity. Yeah. It still Absolutely. holds up, even you know, yes. twenty-one years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still can't believe Jackie Chan gets through that little like a uh, window yes. for yeah. the in the casino thing. I'm like, how? Yep. How do you do that? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. off the cheeseburgers. <laughs> that's how. <laughs> wow, my gosh, Paul. So is that that's your advice to me if I want to squeeze through that? I need to lay off the cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah. but that's you, also you have to my... switch to a kosher diet. Yeah, oh, there you yeah. go. The fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also my like is the oh, the really? fight scenes. Yeah. It's, oh, okay, it's, cool. Jackie Chan movies are known for their fight scenes. And this is another one I think that, that utilizes the props the, around them in mm-hmm. these scenes. And it feels very real and believable for that. Yeah. Not as real as like, hey, there's no blood or people aren't like lifting everywhere. But, you yeah, know, it, exactly. it's, it's real enough for movies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Solomon, did the choreography make was choreography choreography something that make, made your like list, or was there something else that really struck your fancy? I think well, one of the things that I mentioned was yeah, the fight scene like at the spa was really cool. I yes, thought that was probably yeah. the best one. I, yeah, but I for me it was the jokes. Ah, uh, um, yeah, the, because the there's no it, yes. way you can make that film today in this politically correct climate. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, yes. And I, in my personal opinion, I think that's a travesty. I uh, so mm-hmm. they did a lot of digs at Asians. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> those of you who are listening to this, I am. I'm Asian, obviously. I mean, what, 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 hold so, on. I know. Hold <laughs> on. You're Asian. <laughs> and but the thing is, it's like it's like they're making both uh, making fun of both Asians and Americans, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so depending on which way you lean, you might only hear one side. But so, when reality, they're making fun of everybody. Yeah, and I, and I and I really wish that's what I really appreciate about the early 2000s and the 90s is that mm-hmm. there was no filter and mm-hmm. uh yeah I get it some jokes can take it uh can be a little too far and be mean spirited but in the mm-hmm. Rush Hour series they're all yeah. fun and games yeah yeah it feels like it is because I think there's this I, I I'm almost wanting to get in my classic <laughs> I'll say this though there is so much um you can 
I don't know if Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker are are friends to this day off screen, mm-hmm. but as far as the out, just watching them in the outtakes, they seem so friendly to each other, yeah. and like yeah. they just had fun working together. So I think that really resonates. And and like you said, Salman, there's no mean spiritedness to the jokes. They're just they're just for fun, and they come out of a good place from both of them. So yeah, that's I totally see that. Um, and speaking of the co- the comedic elements of this and what I just spoke to in the <clears throat> their dynamic, I just love the outtakes. I love it when movies have yeah. outtakes at yeah. the end during the credits. I think it's just such a fun thing, especially for comedy, just to see all the bloopers and all the jokes that <laughs> didn't quite land or the 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 things that didn't work. I really enjoyed that aspect of the film. Uh, let's see what what was what else was enjoyable for you, Paul? What's something else that you liked? Um. Uh, speaking of the humor, just Chris Tucker being uh, his younger mm-hmm. self. I mean, the later movies, he's calmed down a bit, but this mm-hmm. is going back to where, you know, he has a big mouth that he uses it and there's a <laughs> yes. lot of humor in there. So just him as in this role, he just yeah. knocks it out of the park. Absolutely. I totally could totally see that. Um, let's see. Uh, Salmon, what's something else you enjoyed? If it was it, another character or something else? Yeah, it kind of ties into what Paul said, you know, because mm. there was that scene where... <laughs> He like like Carter has to fight um Hugh Hugh Lee I'm already forgetting her name um mm. and he's like oh is that Zhang Ziyi's character from yeah, Crescent yeah, Tiger yeah, King yeah. Yes. oh okay yeah 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 I mean I knew that <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and Lee is like are you sure are you are you sure mm. and he's like yeah I got this I got this and like yeah he still has that youthfulness use uh-huh. wow youthfulness, youthfulness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time you you see a, a character development from the first movie and the second movie where he's still mm. goofy but a little bit more confident compared to the first one in my opinion yeah okay i can see and, that and, and, i almost it, it gets for me sorry to just walk over what you're saying but are you are you sort of getting at that he's it's almost like his bravado which he has a ton of in the first movie has sort of given way to an actual like an actual inner confidence that's not so it's like yes i can handle this i'm not right. just all show exactly actually... exactly okay. and okay. i think i think that's probably one of the criticisms for the trilogy is that you still have the same character chris being chris and jackie chan being get jackie chan but if you really like look at it mm-hmm. like there's a lot of character development there that you yeah, might not yeah. i might have missed that. yeah i could see that um Let's see what what was what really developed for you in this uh, sequel movie for uh, Brother Nate that you enjoyed. So you know I, I've got a lot of thoughts about uh, Chan and Tucker, but I'll save that for a little bit later. Okay. Uh, okay. But I think another thing that I really liked about uh, Rush Hour Two this time around is just I had forgotten how many of these side characters I actually enjoyed, like yes. Rick, Ricky Tan, like Ricky yes. Tan. And here's the thing, like. The only thing I remembered from this movie, like, well, there are two or three things, but like, uh-huh. you know, I remember Huli with the bomb at the end of the movie. I remembered, you know, uh, the fight at the massage parlor. And yes, I re- yes. vividly remember, <laughs> 20 years later, vividly remember Carter smashing Ricky Tan. <laughs> Just a random three-second moment really? in this movie. And I'm like, I always remembered it because the amount, the disrespect Solomon. That, yeah. that Carter showed taking this man's computer with the DVD player and <laughs> smashing it and stomping on it, calling him little Ricky. Uh, like the like Ricky Tan. Um, you know, we had uh Isabella, I believe, is yes, the yeah, yeah. Secret Service the agent. Secret Service I liked yeah, her yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh Hu Lee. 
uh, the the rich white man who we knew was bad oh, because yeah. we followed uh, Carter's Ryan, theory of investigation. What's his name? Uh, yes, uh, Stephen Ryan. Was it Reigns? So, no, Stephen Reigns. Stephen Reigns. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So, uh, yeah. So, like, I like the little side characters. Uh, mm-hmm. Even like the uh, uh, chief in Hong Kong that was oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. "Sorry, Lee, we got to arrest you," and you know, "Sorry, we got to send Carter back to America." Yes. These side characters, I like them yeah. a lot. Even though I was missing our girl from the first Russia, yes, the, uh, yes, the bomb <laughs> expert. Like, I wish. Yeah. She was well, in this she's group. in LA. Well, they go back to <laughs> they LA go back for a little to bit LA, though. Did she die? No, I think she's still alive. No, she was alive at the end of the Sorry, movie. Sorry, I'm thinking I might be thinking of somebody else. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I mean agree. the actress, I, not that. I would have liked to see more return. Apparently they're that like the chief of police in, at in the LAPD for that was in the first movie. He was going to come back and there was oh. a couple of people um that were going to come back for this and I think they filmed it if I, if IMDb is to be trusted. But those scenes just got cut or something like that. Oh, mm, boo. Yeah. Exactly. Boo. Release indeed. the chief cut. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I totally, I totally get that, brother Nate. Um, something oh, she died that's... in 2014. Sorry. She did? Yeah, the actress. Oh. 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 What's her name? What's... <clears throat> uh, Elizabeth Pena. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. She was oh, so good. Oh, man. Um, something that doesn't have to do with uh, really the. Anything of what you guys have said actually made my like this was the pacing. <laughs> well, no, the pacing of this film was so good. Mm. I didn't, there wasn't ever like a, a moment where I'm like, okay, can we just get on to the next thing? Or I'm like looking at my phone or, or like, I'm just like, oh, da, da, let's okay. This is sort of dumb. <laughs> I, it would just had me like, I, there was either a joke at the right moment or a fight scene at the right moment or a story element at the right moment or a mystery. At the, it was just really just paced phenomenally. I feel like the same as the case for the first one. In most of the ways, so I thought the pacing was fantastic. But what was the best, was the most fantastic things about Rush Hour 2? Let's get into our classic makers. And I'm going to go with Brother Nate first. What did you? What was your favorite thing? Yes, so my classic maker for Rush Hour 2 is the same thing that it was for Rush Hour 1. And spoiler alert, will probably be the same thing for Rush <laughs> Hour 3. Uh, and that's Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Yeah, Because I feel like, like Rush Hour 2 is a solid movie. But mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like if you put two lesser actors in there that didn't have that mm-hmm. same chemistry, we wouldn't yes. remember it as fondly. Exactly. And there's so many great little moments, you know, like mm-hmm. when they're arguing with each other or, you know, when they're both spying on Isabella and yeah. <laughs> she's got a Snoopy tattoo. Let me see, Lee. <laughs> I um, like Snoopy. <laughs> yeah, I like Snoopy. Um, I like Snoopy too. <laughs> the moment where, like, like, they're great together, but they're also great individually. You know, you yeah. mentioned Chris oh, Tucker. The scene at the casino where he's yes. like, you know, I want black people and white people and even <laughs> even Chinese people to be able to gamble together. Like, yes. that was great. Yeah. Uh, the two scenes I think are Jackie's best are, you know, when he thinks Carter's dead and they oh, play yeah. I'll be missing you in the car and yes, there's a little emotion. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But then also when he when spoiler alert, Ricky Tan didn't die, everybody. And what? he got the gun to Ricky Tan at the end of the yeah. movie. And oh, yes. he has a choice to make. And it's uh-huh. like, there's some actual emotional beats Absolutely. in this movie. It's not just yeah. all laughs. It's not just all action. But mm-hmm. I think the classic maker for me is easily uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, because without them, this movie isn't as good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's uh, <clears throat> that's pretty much my classic maker as well, Brother Nate, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. I love Chris Tucker's jubilance in this and Jackie Chan's sweetness. I feel like they just 
go together so well. They're just pair. This is like peanut butter and jelly, like peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> like sweet and sour. Like I mean, get take your like like pepperoni and pineapple on a pizza. Am I right, guys? Am I right? Mm. I well, like I like pineapple. Yes, I mean, yeah, I do too. I yes, do. Right. yes. <laughs> we're I good. Here. I liked you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's just so they they work together so well, and just yeah, it it really exponentially raises the the fun of these movies. Uh, this one, no exception. Uh, let's go to Salman next. What's your favorite thing about Rush Hour Two? Yeah, uh, again, I, I start, sorry to sound like a broken record player, but I think Nate and you guys nailed it. Um, yeah. I think I, I heard or read somewhere they actually was initially going to uh, cast um, Martin Lawrence originally. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Huh, okay. Yeah. Like Chris Tucker wasn't like interesting. Wasn't the first person. Yeah. And he I didn't Martin... have the box office numbers at the time. That, right, exactly. Uh, yeah. But Martin Lawrence was a really like huge comedian back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were going to cast him instead. But for whatever reason, I don't know why they went with. Um, uh, they didn't they didn't go with Martin Lawrence. I mean, I mm-hmm. I like Martin Lawrence, but thank yeah. goodness, like he he wasn't cast and they cast a Tucker instead because again, yeah. it would have it worked. It pro- like it probably would have been good, but it yeah. Chris, I think Martin and, and, you know, thinking about Martin at that time uh-huh. when Martin was doing a lot of the action movies and trying like to bad boys. He, and he was stuff trying like to be yeah. serious. I don't know if Martin yeah. would have allowed himself to be as silly as Chris. Uh, good point. I agree. Yeah. I completely yeah. agree. Like Martin Lawrence. I mean, he could have, like I said, like you said, Nate, but it just wouldn't wouldn't have been the same. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely. All right. Well, Paul, are you going to just make the quadrifecta or no, something I, else I, i'm gonna disagree with you guys oh by man Uh-oh. agreeing with what you all said earlier <laughs> and that's the humor i oh, thought the humor, the humor okay. was the best part of this film uh, uh-huh yeah okay even more did you i'm curious paul did you like the humor even more than the first one if you, you know what like? i what surprised me the most is i thought it held up it was on par equal to the, yeah. the lines that that mm-hmm. tucker had and mm-hmm. and lee i i was surprised on on how it held up when comparing both the humor in both movies i thought yeah. they were pretty similar I felt like it had a good a balance of callbacks to the original and mm. all like no one could understand the words coming out of your mouth. That that whole yeah. thing and also just new new uh comedic bits. Yeah. You ever um, heard of Popeyes? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. The Don Cheadle scene. Yes. <laughs> like the Don Cheadle scene still always like yes. the Kung Fu Kenny so scene. He's like Tiger style? Yes, I studied under uh, Master Jing. <laughs> oh, Jing. yeah. yeah it's like uh, Jing from Beijing? No, Freddie Jing. Oh, his brother. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that kind of reinforces what you said earlier, Nate, about the side characters that you love about. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. That, the other interesting side. Yeah. Yes. I, I just want to, I want to just, uh, we were talking about bringing up side characters. I really enjoyed um, uh, Jeremy Piven. Uh, sort of yeah. a very Phil yeah. Amboyant guy at Vegas, like, and one of the one of the people put the whole quote in the in our memories, so I won't uh, do it here. But just I loved his dynamic with with them both, uh, trying yeah. to address them. Uh, well, awesome guys! It sounds like there's so much we liked uh, about this, but you know, maybe there's some things we don't liked, which we'll get into once I realize there's something else I liked. I'm sorry, guys, I forgot. I I seem to run into this. I don't know why I can't get into mm. my head that. I always seem to have one more like, and I just have to share that. And that would be Geek Devotions. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture infused devotional, their podcast, Com Talk, 
and written articles all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their fandom, and their geekdoms. Uh, find all their content at geekdevotions.com. That sounds more like a commercial than a like. But what does that have to do with Rush Hour 2? Well, I mean, see, I like that commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you, Brother Nate. But, I mean, Jackie Chan is devoted to solving his father's last case. He might even be so. He might be a little geeky about it too, because he likes Snoopy. That's that, that's something. Maybe. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, Paul. How about some trivia about Rush Hour yeah, Two? I suppose be you like better. that better. Yes. Okay, then. Yes, let's do trivia about Rush Hour Two, not Geek Devotions, <laughs> or Rush Hour Four. Sure. Oh, that's God. a sequel. Did you all realize that the counterfeit dollar bills used in the movie say "In Dog We Trust"? Wow. Um, but during shooting, some <laughs> ex- some extras walked off the set with some of the fake cash nice. and eventually ended up in a few casinos in Las Vegas. Wow. What? The situation went so out of control that production was briefly shut down when the <laughs> FBI subjected the props department to an wow. investigation to determine whether or not they violated the Counterfeit De- uh, Deterrence Act of 1992. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you guys is why are you using counterfeit money? No. Um, do you have any fun or interesting Vegas or gambling stories? Let's start with you, Paul. Um, did I already tell you on the show about the time that I went to Vegas and got stuck in an elevator? I don't think so. I don't recall so it, it, at least. It, yeah. Refresh our memory. No, that's about as interesting as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> we, instead of staying on the strip, we wanted to save a little money and go uh-huh. off to off off. So it's like a little more rundown hotel. Uh-huh. We we're going up the elevator, and I forget why, but I was jumping up and down as it was going up, and all of a sudden it stuck. Really? <laughs> We were only stuck for like maybe two minutes or something. Oh, okay. But <laughs> that must have been scary. No, well, yeah, because it's kind of run down and you're like, um, and it's, the air is kind of musty and you're yeah. like, I know I'm not going to die. Like they'll get the fire department in a couple hours, but it's just not fun. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Next time you tell that story, you should say, and I had a full bladder. It was like, ah! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, let's go with Brother Nate next. Do you have any fun Vegas or gambling uh, stories? So I've never really been to Vegas. Like I've mm-hmm. passed through Vegas on trips. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I do have a gambling story from uh, oh, okay. my, my the days of my youth. So this okay. would have been mid-90s. It was around the uh, Tyson-Holyfield 2 fight. Oh, okay. nice. Uh, and this is the one where I believe this is the ear-biting fight. Oh, okay. yeah, I was about to ask, yes. And so, you know, I was in, I think I might have been in middle school, maybe a freshman in high school, somewhere around there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so, you know, we, we're making like bets at the lunchroom table. And here's the, here's the thing. Here's a lesson for all the gamblers out there that might be uh, listening to the Retro Rewind podcast. Always know your limits. Don't <laughs> bet more than you can afford to cover. I didn't know that lesson back in this oh, no. in this time. Oh, so that's how you learn. <laughs> I ended up betting like 10 different people, oh, uh, wow. you know, 5 to $10. And so oh, on, wow. on the fight, you know, because everybody's like, oh, there's yeah. no way. Like, Tyson's going to come back. He's going to beat Holyfield. You know, I'm, I'm from Atlanta. You know, I was yeah. born in Atlanta. So Holyfield's from Atlanta. So I was like, no, nah, Holyfield's going to win. So I'm making these 5 to $10 bets with, you know, 10 different people. Yes. And so like the total that I owed if, Holyfield loss would have been like almost two hundred dollars, which I didn't have at the time. Like you know, now it, it, that doesn't sound like a lot of money, but as a as a middle schooler as a kid, slash high schooler, yeah, that's a lot. That's some yeah. cash. 
So I made all these bets that I wasn't able to cover Solomon. And so, you know, again, you know, I, 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 I did not pray on the fight, but, but, but <laughs> God had God was looking out for me because Tyson bit Holyfield's ear and was DQ'd. So by the by the technical rule of the law, wow. Holyfield yeah. won the fight. So I didn't have to owe all of these Ooh. people money. So how much money did know. you make off that? <laughs> yeah, so I made like about two hundred fifty dollars. Nice, oh, yes. and so, but I would have owed. I, like I would have been in trouble because like yeah. some of these guys were guys on the football team with me. Uh, some of these guys yeah. were, you know, guys that might be hanging out with Ricky Tan if you get my, my trip. Yeah. <laughs> some, da- some dangerous people. My so uncle, you know, I, I didn't owe anybody any money. I didn't get in trouble. So that's that's my big gambling story. Bro, okay. man, I, th- I thought this was your origin story. How you got trapped into the mafia? <laughs> <laughs> I smashed his laptop, and he's like, "Wait, well, now you got to work and pay it off." <laughs> Bro, that's, that's like a thousand dollars in today's money, basically. Wow. Yes. wow. With inflation, yes. Oh yeah. With oh, that's that's awesome, brother. So the moral is gamble big, it'll pay off. Uh Solomon, how about for you? Yeah, I, uh there was one time I spent a thousand dollars on loot boxes. That counts, right? Whoa, yeah, it does. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> oh um, I won't I won't say which game, but uh <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Wow. Oh my gosh. Dude, Did you dude. get anything good at least? Yeah, just cosmetics. Oh no. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. All right. That's 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 gambling for sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great trivia, Francisco. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. And now we have now that we've had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you or awesome rewinders had about Rush Hour 2. All right. Alex Ortiz says you got the mochaccino face, the big broad shoulders. Let's put a dead animal on you. Buttercream, buttercream. What size is the waistline? Let's go in. Uh, also, Jackie Chan feed, fitting uh, through that tiny money slot is pr- is still pretty crazy to think about, for sure. Yep. Dustin Warford says, all he wanted was some mushu. <laughs> the mushu. <laughs> Wardale, Wardale White says, remember thinking... I like Snoopy too. I remember having as much fun with the sequel as I did the original. I liked how they flipped the location set in, set in Hong Kong. Chan and Tucker were great together. Rosalind Sanchez was a very attractive addition to the cast. Again, I had fun with it. Celeste Morris says, War! <laughs> yeah! What, what is, is it good, good for? for? Since I, she goes on to say, I absolutely love the movie franchise. It was so fun. The VHS yeah. that my friends had had some funny bloopers we watched it so often that used to be able to quote them nice philip heard says just saw this and the first one recently for the first time they were silly and fun i particularly appreciate how it's not politically correct (laughs) is this you solomon (laughs) yep uh jackie 100 (laughs) jackie chan is a marvel to watch check out police story if you have hbo max i've never seen police story have any of you guys yeah and, and the sequels yeah it's 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 much like Jackie Chan's movies at that time. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mikkel Withers says, "I remember it happened. I hope that's better than I don't remember." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stanley Wright says, "I think I remember Chris Tucker tried too hard in this one." All right. Oh. The mm. Dapper Man says, "No wonder they're they're mad. Bare naked bottoms." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Aaron Huey says, "Have fun." Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And John Harju Hard. says n- nothing because I haven't seen any of them. Chris Tucker wants to be Eddie Murphy in the worst way, and Jackie Chan in English-speaking movies is almost unwatchable. Oh wow! Ooh. Wow! 
I mean, I feel like uh, John's memories sort of lead us into the things we didn't like about Rush Hour 2. So let's get our... Worst woes. Worst woes going. So yeah, let's talk about the things we didn't like about Rush Hour 2. I'm sure there were some things. I'll go ahead and kick us off by saying, and this isn't... I guess this isn't so, so fair. This is like really like not fair to Rush Hour 2. So <laughs> that's mm-hmm. why I'm starting with it. I don't like that Jackie and Isabella aren't a couple in the third Rush Hour. <laughs> mm, that's like fair. why set up this romance here if it's not going to continue? I hate that. Right. So. That's fair. So that that's that's really more of a problem with Rush Hour 3. But still, I'll, I'll say it for a dislike here. Uh, let's go with Brother Nate next. What's one thing you didn't like about this one? <sighs> I don't have too many dislikes about this film, surprisingly. You know, I was kind of surprised on yeah. the rewatch. I think, though, that, and I will speak to the uh, piece of feedback that you had in terms uh-huh. of Chris Tucker trying to be uh, oh, like a, a, a wannabe Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that's the case. I yeah, think yeah. there are some scenes, though, where it's a little much. But mm-hmm. I'll take those scenes where he's a little much. Like, I'm thinking about the one where they're, like, tied up in the truck. Oh uh, yes, he's, yes. He's like that. That's like okay, guys. That's that's cute. But <laughs> I'll take those scenes that are kind of a little eh uh-huh. to get the casino table scene every yes, time because yes, I think absolutely. that was fantastic. You know, yes. in the scene uh, yes. at the massage parlor, like I think that was fantastic. Exactly. So I think there there's a bit of I guess you could say overacting. I would mm-hmm. I wouldn't even go that far. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, come on, this this is yeah. rush hour two. Yeah, you, you and, knew what and, you were signing up for. Exactly. Even with Chris Tucker, I would prefer him overacting than underacting. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And clearly he was trying to be Michael J. Michael Jackson, if anyone. Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, uh, so Come on. Know, let's go. Let's Come, on, Come on, Francisco. Come on. Uh, Solomon, let's go to you next. What's something you didn't, that didn't jam on for you? <laughs> it's not it's not rush hour two specifically it's just the trilogy okay. in general mm, like ooh. like as nate pointed out earlier the all three all three movies just kind of blend in it's just a uh, giant yeah. blur mm-hmm. i can't if i'm thinking of a scene i can't remember if it's from one two or three because <laughs> like it mm-hmm. all three movies are unique for us at the same time they're not uh-huh. you know like i yeah. can't i can't really remember so so you have three great movies of just awesome action scenes and jokes mm-hmm. but it's really hard to differentiate what movie they came from. So, well, I guess that means you just need to watch each one more. Yeah, fair, Jeez. fair enough. <laughs> Whereas, like other trilogies, like, I could tell which scene like came from which yeah, movie, like Lord of the I Rings. Get that. You, mm-hmm. you know, but with Rush Hour, I just can't do that for some reason. Maybe that's that, okay. more about that's, me than the trilogy. I don't know. Well, that sounds like a like to me for a trilogy. A lot of trilogies have that that one or two where you're like, oh, that one wasn't as good. Where you know <laughs> you can point fair. it out. That's that sounds like a consistent thread. But I can Here. see I can see what Solomon's saying too. It's like you want to have some distinctiveness, like, oh yeah, Rush R2. That's the one where this happened. Mm-hmm. I right. really like that element of it. As opposed well, to the which Ewoks, one did that happen in? The Ewoks can't save the universe in every trilogy. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> wow. Uh Paul. What couldn't the Ewoks save for Rush R2? <laughs> there were a couple of things that didn't a couple scenes in the in the movie that didn't make sense the logic the flow for example oh, okay um in the massage that uh chris tucker's character 
just wanted a massage and like, okay, there's the bad guy over there. And he's like, no, man, I just want a massage. And then Lee's like, okay, I'm going to go for backup. And all he had, all Chris Tucker would have to do is like, okay, you call for backup. I'll watch him and see if he goes anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't have to get up and go, or he could say, no, go get him. I got your back. If there's any trouble, either way, he could have enjoyed his massage. (laughs) The whole thing. I know they wanted him. They had to get him up there to ruin his laptop. Yeah. But the way they got about it just didn't make sense logically for that character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. And you know, Mm -hmm. in that, in that same vein, uh, one other thing I, the next thing I didn't like was I felt like, and and I know it's, it's one of those things that I understand why they did it for the movie. Is mainly in the massage parlor part, but also Isabella later on. I feel like there's a lot of female skin that they didn't have to dwell on as much. I get <laughs> they need to set up. It, yes, it's very much like for Carter, especially who wants his mushu. It's like, ah, oh, yes, <laughs> let me look at this uh, buffet of women, essentially. But yes. I felt like they just went on and on and on with it a lot. So I felt like that well, was, it was directed by Brett Ratner. Well, okay, fine. That, I'm. This is my dislike. Oh, okay. I can have my dislikes, Paul. I'm not. Oh, I'm just saying it's. I'm agreeing with you, kind of. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Keyword, kinda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was another dislike I had. Let's go back to Solomon. What's something else you don't like? I can't think of anything else to be honest with you. <laughs> it's just all right. It's just so good this movie. Well, hopefully you have a uh, your worst dislike soon. Let's go to Brother Nate next. Yeah, the the only other thing I have that's a dislike is my tragic maker. Oh, okay, man. fine. Let me, let me. I I have an extra one I can All throw right, in there. Right, go for it. <laughs> you have another scene that didn't make sense is Isabella's in the. Uh, in the casino at the end of the movie said, Hey, see that big metal container going through the door over there. Uh-huh. We think the plates are in there. Yeah. So, you know, you got to get it before it goes through the door and it shows it going about to go through the door. Five minutes later, after a mm. big fight, Jackie Chan gets to the door and it's still going <laughs> through that door. It's like, where's the momentum in this? If these plates were that secretive, it would already mm. been through the door. Like, come on. Yeah. And wait, so, were they even in there? Because I feel like they're up in the they, safe because Reigns went and got it yeah. out of a safe. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It was like, it was all misdirection. It, it kind of jumped around in there. It didn't make sense. So Yeah, it's almost just a way to get Jackie in the back to have a fight scene. In the exactly. Scene. Yeah. Okay, okay. You know, okay. you can't trust Isabella, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Whose side is she on? Whose side is she on? I don't know. She uh, probably didn't a- even go to New York. That's why they're not together in the third movie. Yeah. Right? Right? She yep. somewhere else. Gosh. Took a plane to Jersey. Bella. Yeah. Whatever. Trying to find Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny thing is they wanted to get a uh, Snoopy tattoo, but they couldn't get the rights. They had the rights to talk about it, but not show it. Weird. Oh. <laughs> Wait. So did. Oh, so they didn't show a, a tattoo? Yeah, I don't they, remember. They, they had a, a, a like tattoo. A they, or something? That they tried to make it look like Snoopy, but without mm. getting trouble with the copyrights. Okay, mm. got it. Okay, okay, I see. All right. Well, then, guys, I guess that leaves our tragic makers. The things we hid. Wait, most no, no, I have more. This. Oh, uh, then that go was for it, a Paul. bonus one. All right, give me another one. This was almost my tragic maker. Really? Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay. But you have Ernie Reyes Jr. in here. Why are you taking my tragic maker, Paul? Oh, <laughs> I'm taking yes. away Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, why? So actually, I know the reason why, because I actually had the opportunity to ask Ernie Reyes Jr. himself why, oh, nice. he, why he didn't get to do this. Um, but yeah, for the longest time, did. me and Paul were always thinking, 
You have Ernie there. Why is Ernie there just running away? That's it. That's all he is in the movie. Oh, oh, I've when enjoyed you... Ernie since he was like five years old. And he was yeah. like a black belt at that time. And he's like in Red TV Sonia. shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Si wasn't si Sidekicks? Was that his? Yeah, Sidekicks. And he's in Turtles. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, why have him in this and he's not doing any martial arts? So This isn't even really a cameo. Like, come on. Right? It's so frustrating. Right? <laughs> so, so I actually asked him uh, because his dad started the martial arts association I used to uh, train at. <clears throat> and he was just in town uh, visiting. And so I, I asked him about this. And he said, this was like almost like seven years ago when I asked this. So I may be not quite remembering quite right. But it's something <laughs> to the effect of... Uh, they got on the phone with the agent and said, um, hey, we were doing Rush Hour 2. Uh, we were interested in you coming out and uh, doing a fight scene with Jackie Chan. Would you like to do that? And he's like, oh, Jackie Chan? Yes, I'd love to do that. And so he's yeah. all excited about going out. Um, then they they got to the day of filming. Like the, I think they figured out what they were going to do or something. Or they're trying to get to that point. And they, they kept delaying and delaying and delaying. Mm -hmm. And so they just essentially got to this point where they didn't have time to film the, this fight scene they had planned. And so he is disappointed about it. But well, yeah. It's just that's they, they, it just didn't work out for He needs to come story. back as a good guy. Yeah. Nah, Not a bad I, guy. <laughs> yes, for Rush Hour 4. I like Yes. <laughs> another, another disappointment from Brett Ratner. Thank you. <laughs> right? Oh, goodness. So that, yeah, that was my, my tragic maker. Thanks for uh, stepping on there, Paul. But thanks no, for letting me. I introduced it for you. Exactly, exactly. Set it up and you spiked. You did. <laughs> Uh, let's hear what really was spiky for you, Brother Nate. What did you hate most about this film? So now that I know, uh, first of all, that Francisco has studied Tiger style, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> out there with Don Cheadle, uh, uh, but exactly, also, yes. like, now that I know about the Ernie Reyes thing, like, that actually is probably my personal tragic maker, uh -huh. but I'll give mm -hmm. you the one that, uh, I had thought of. And it's not so much for me specifically, mm. but I can see it for other people. Oh, okay. And it goes to something uh, Solomon touched on earlier. Oh, and okay. that's some of the humor, right? Like, ah, if you're okay. looking at it through 2021 lenses, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it, it could be a bit much for some people. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. as you said, Francisco, I think it was all of the jokes in this movie are out of a spirit of love and yeah. like we we just making jokes we having fun y'all it's not right, exactly. anything uh you know mean or or spiteful or hateful to it yeah, uh, yeah so like i don't think it's a, i don't think there's an issue with it but i can understand if somebody who's coming in like maybe the the listener that you said maybe watch this for the first time oh yeah, uh, yeah. this week like maybe with 2022 ears and eyes they're like oh oh that that caught me by surprise yeah but, yeah uh it's you have to kind of look at these films as a product of their time. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, Agreed. I, it's a tragic maker, but it's kind of a tragic maker in name only. By proxy sort of kind of, Yes, yeah. by proxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally get that. Totally get that. Uh, then that leaves, well, Solomon and Paul. But let's go with Solomon next. What's your tragic maker, Solomon? I'll, I'll just end most. it with this. It's kind of tragic, but not really. But maybe if you squint mm -hmm. a little bit. Okay. I'm <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> wow. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker really butt naked on the highway. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I mean, for some people, too that much? might be the classic maker. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't really talking about that being too much skin, but I can see where you're going with that. Uh, so, yeah. I'm not really serious about that, but I oh, thought okay. 
I don't, people I don't wanted to, to see all that mochaccino sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you have two races with the with, with when they have a, a contrast. You know if you know what I mean. Oh my gosh! Wow. Okay, I'll stop it there. <laughs> It's wow. like a chocolate and vanilla swirl running down the freeway. <laughs> yeah. uh, apparently, again, IMDb trivia, take it with a grain of salt, but apparently they actually didn't stop, like close down the highway or anything. It was no, like real didn't. traffic that they oh, stopped wow. and let them out in. Well, that's halfway true. That oh, halfway true. Okay. Because, according to Britt Ratner in, in the commentary, they mm. had a couple of their own cars slowing down behind them so that the mm. traffic wouldn't hit them but yeah they didn't close down all like they only had like three or four cars out there that were theirs wow but, that's yeah. crazy yeah like they didn't have the permits or something right right so, yeah. well, it was in china so i don't know what the <laughs> that's about. awesome yeah geez but uh now that we've oh well, what am i what am i thinking paul yeah i need to hear oh, your my tragic maker okay thing for rush r2 so you asked me earlier about the humor and I said it was on par. So yeah. I was wondering what about this film? Do I, I, there's something about this film that I don't like it as much as the first. And mm. what is that? Mm. And after a while of contemplating, what I think it is, is that in rush hour two, they do a role reversal with uh, Jackie Fish Chan and Chris water. Tucker character. Yeah, right. Different. Yeah. So that Chris Tucker is in, hong kong and you know that's that's lee's home base but yes. it's not the position it's the characters because in the first one we're used to chris tucker being the big mouth he's the liar he's mm -hmm. the one who's like making things up and jackie chan is quiet and he comes out on top and he appears much smarter Mm. than tucker and this mm. jackie chan's character is the liar and oh, he's the yeah. one who's mm. trying to uh, go around and while well, well, chris tucker's character is on vacation and yes. he doesn't come across as the smarter one but that comedy dynamic has shifted in a way that i don't think is equal or as good as the first one uh, and i think I that that. Yeah. that tone overall is is what makes it not as good as the first okay i could see that i almost for me, if we're going off like comparing it to the first one, the thing that I actually I feel like the whole kidnapping thing works mm -hmm. a bit better as yeah, a it does. as a uh, story trope than mm -hmm. like there's this guy that I think backstab my father maybe so i'm gonna mm -hmm. kind of go try to solve his last well, case there's a bomb this... over here i think this man over here from my dad's old case is responsible <laughs> no yes yeah now that you yeah. mentioned it they I, they could have tied ricky tan in a little bit tighter yes 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 absolutely Jeez, I didn't know Paul was such a scholar. That's amazing. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> well, let's now that we've paid attention to all the things we liked, all the things we didn't like, we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. All right, guys, do we rate Rush Hour to a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see it, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's worth your time to revisit if you saw it way back in your earlier days. It'd be fun to rewatch again. But if you've never seen it before, probably go check something else out. Um, or is it a tragic? We'd recommend no one go watch this. If you've never seen it before, keep it that way. And if you have seen it before, don't sully any good memories you have of it with a rewatch. So let's start 
with Brother Nate. What is your final reign for Rush Oof. Hour 2? This one is you, actually kind of tough. Okay, mm-hmm. and you you had predicted nostalgic. Yeah. So, yeah, where did it end up after that? So, like, r- the last Rush Hour, the first one, I predicted classic, definitely mm-hmm. a classic. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. one I predicted nostalgic. It's better than nostalgic, but I don't know if it's as classic. Okay, like, okay. Like it's, it's not essential. Like if 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 yeah. somebody's like, I need to watch one of the Rush Hour movies. It's obviously uh-huh. the first one, right? Yes, like absolutely, you, yeah. You watch the first one, kind of to Solomon's point. Even if you don't watch the other two, you kind of know some of the beats that yes, the other exactly. two movies have. Mm-hmm. But this movie was a lot better on rewatch than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Same. it was going to be funny. I thought it was going to you know have some good fight scenes. Yeah, yeah. I liked it a lot more. And again, like those side characters, like Ricky Tan and Hu yes. Lee and Isabella and, and the and chicken Stephen lady, Rains, the chicken <laughs> lady, <laughs> Kung Fu Kenny, Don Cheadle. Oh my god! I liked I liked the movie a lot more than I thought it would. So, if there's such a thing as like a low classic, I'd give it a low <laughs> <Okay>. classic. <laughs> it's so nostalgically that, classic, apparently. It's nostalgically okay. classic. I like okay. that. <laughs> All right. So classic from Brother Nate. Solomon, how about for yourself? You had also predicted nostalgic. Where did you end up with this? Yeah, so because I'm from California, I have to go with tragic. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, dude. (laughs) I only say that because of what Nate said, you know, he's totally dead on, you know, like the jokes. uh, Again, I, I wish I wish we could go back to that time. But somebody who's like less than 20 years old is going to watch it and be like, oh, I'm so offended. Are you assuming I'm older than 20? That's ageism. Yeah. yeah. I'm clearly 19 plus 21. (laughs) They they do say tiger style takes years off of your life. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Dang, I don't even know that style. Anyways. Um... I I still I still have to go with the nostalgic factor nostalgic? just because like mm-hmm. a, a, again um look I I want I want everybody to see this film like or any mm. of the three really mm-hmm. uh because it, it uh, like Nate said earlier you know it's a it's a film made uh during its time you know they just had a different culture back then a yeah. culture that I dare say it resonate more mm-hmm, um but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so but considering considering uh with with that being said like if if you do take issue with those jokes and you do take offense to it like i'm not here to judge that's you know that's a valid point so that's why i'd have to go with more nostalgic than anything that else. makes sense okay. that makes yeah. sense yeah uh paul um, what rain makes the most sense to you uh i <laughs> <laughs> So the first movie, um, so we tragic. Were, All right, that's weird. No, the first okay. Rush Hour movie got a, a unanimous classic rating, final yes. rating from all of us. Yes. I, and and I would agree with that. And again, I didn't like this as much. Mm-hmm. So it, and I don't think it's one that everybody needs to go out and see. If you haven't seen Rush Hour, definitely. I, I echo what everyone says. See the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, if you haven't seen it, um, you're. You, you're you're not missing anything by not watching it but if you have enjoyed it it's it's still yeah i and like brother nate i was surprised how much i liked it this mm-hmm. this rewatch again so it is a fun rewatch if you liked it before but it's not essential in my book so which that's, is that nostalgic or classic that's nostalgic, nostalgic because it's okay. only okay. for certain people all right yeah that's a really good breakdown that now that see now you make me want to change my answer because <laughs> if, if you've seen the first rush hour if you've seen like all the movies definitely go back and rewatch too yeah 
But mm-hmm. if you're somebody that hasn't, like, you could you could really stop with Rush Hour One and be good for the rest of your life. Yep. All right. Holding is taller so, again. So are you are you changing your reign? Because once I do mine, you can't, no, you can't go yeah. back. Much like the password on Ricky Tan's new laptop, I'm uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, I don't know why. Again, like that laptop scene, just this little Ricky. I I broke your laptop. Like it's so disrespectful. But I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to agree with Paul and uh, Solomon because I do Sorry, think Sager. it 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 resonates for like if you've seen it, it hits. If you haven't, it might not work for you. Okay. All right. Nate, totally, Nate I'll give you one totally with the fine. DVD player too. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so last call for anyone change their reign to something else. Going once, going twice. All right, here's my final reign, guys. I just enjoyed this movie. I had so much Good. fun with it. I, yeah. So it's a classic for me. I just nice. it's just just like I predicted it to be. I remember this being one of those movies that me and Paul would like watch a lot. And I remember think we were so excited when Rush Hour three. Now Rush Hour three, I think would be the one that probably would Ooh. dip the most for me. Um, I remember. Yeah. Them being like the Eiffel Tower, I think they're like they're in Paris. I thought it was maybe? San Francisco. Well, we'll save that for yeah, the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shashin. Who is Shashin, Paul? <laughs> but uh, I don't, I don't, I probably remember the least about that one. But, um, but yeah, I, I had as much fun with this one. I really liked their characters and how they interacted. The jokes all landed for me. I was, I was laughing. I was enjoying it. So classic for me. But according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate. Rush Hour 2, a disputed nostalgic film. We'd recommend if you you if you watched it in your earlier years, definitely go back, rewatch. You're gonna you're gonna have fun. But if you haven't seen it before, uh probably go back and watch Rush Hour and then decide whether or not you'd want to continue. That'd probably be a good <laughs> yeah. a good way to go. Yeah. Um But uh now it's time to get to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX Feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 2001 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, Chris Cowan, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronenbitter, Pastor Deucin, Kenneth Thin, Redeem Dotaku, That's Our Baba, Josh Adams, D. Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, The Dapper Man Reviews, Tony from the Retro Days, Mr. Lost, Daryl Hafner, Rosie, in addition to seven other awesome patrons as well. Thank you wow. all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help keep us flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity or to just buy some merch of the Retro Rewind Podcast, Head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. This stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. And while we're thanking people, we also want to give a big international hug to say thanks to brother Nate Milton and Solomon Kay for supporting us with their thoughts on Rush Hour 2. So uh, let's start alphabetically with B for brother Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you online? And uh, is there anything cool you got going on people should know about? Yes, thanks for having me back, fellas. It feels like it's been yes. too long. Too yeah, long. I agree. Uh, done uh, one of these uh, episodes, so uh, yes, I'm hoping it won't be too much longer before we can talk about uh, Spider-Man Three in in <laughs> oh, Frank. Oh, we, we got Spider-Man Three and Rush Hour Three, yes, so we, we got do. some big, big films to talk about, boys. Uh, 
But uh, if you want to hear more from me, you can check me out. I'm in a lot of different places. Uh, uh, one of my friends calls me the Podcaster Supreme because I'm in all these multiverses nice. uh, out here. Um, find me on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic. Uh, my primary podcast is the Kings of Sport, which is mm-hmm. a show oh, that's yeah. been going on since 2013. Uh, originally, it was myself and Marcus Vandenberg. He's now with ESPN, so now it's me and kind of a rotating cast of folks that oh, want okay. to talk about sports and pop culture. It's a lot of great fun over there we do have a patreon so while you're supporting the retro rewind podcast patreon just cross the street you don't even have to get on a plane to hong kong just cross the street and go to (laughs) patreon.com backslash the kings of sport uh five bucks gets you in the door for over 300 hours of content uh politics sports marvel movies wrestling a lot of fun stuff over there uh speaking of wrestling i'm on post wrestling i have two shows on post the Rocky My Via Picture Show, which is a movie review podcast that chronicles oh, the work of uh, Dwayne Johnson. Nice. Uh, so later this year, we're excited to uh, talk about Black Adam, which is a big movie he's oh, got coming nice. out yes. is that this year. Related to Shazam? I, yes, I'm so confused list. about this. Yep. A couple okay. of months later, the next Shazam movie's coming uh, out. Okay, okay. So it's it's I'm excited. I'm excited for Black Adam and, and Rock finally jumping into a superhero film. Yeah. Uh, even though some would argue the Fast and Furious are kind of like superhero films, but I'm not That's here true. to debate yeah. that. Uh, so I've got that on post. I've also got the NWA podcast, which is the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, which is a show that looks at pro wrestling from the perspective of uh, black journalists, uh, performers, uh, media members, and fans. Uh, mm. So, you know, we've been doing that for about a year on post, and people have been having a good time with the conversation and being respectful. And again, man, like it's all about, you know, everybody getting a, a voice in these spaces and talking and having fun with it. Uh, the last thing I will promote, because I've got a lot of things to promote, uh, uh, I've got cheap suits too, if you need some, Solomon. Uh, they, they, they cheap as hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just cheap suits and, and chickens. I got those for sale on the side. Nice. Uh, but uh, the last thing I'll promote is the DCTV Podcast Network, uh, where I was one of the hosts of the Black Lightning Podcast, but now I'm one of the hosts on the Lituation Room, which kind of looks at uh, pop culture and the movies and TV shows. So uh, for all of that, man, just look me up on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K. And again, Francisco and Paul, uh, always a pleasure to uh, link up with you guys. So uh, awesome. yes, let's 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 get on this plane and head to New York and. And go let's watch. Do uh, the, let's go to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> watch the Knicks play. Yes, watch the exactly. Knicks play. <laughs> Maybe have a little moose shoot. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And uh, sorry. Solomon SK or Osman? Solomon K? Yeah. So is it Solomon SK or is it Solomon K? Actually, you know what? It's SK, but I've heard people say K too. All right, Kay, how's it going? All right. <laughs> All right. And uh, Solomon SK, thank you. Where can people find you online? Or is, there, is there anything cool you got going on people should know? I know this was mentioned earlier, but uh, just really quick on the side. Yeah. Can, can we appreciate that we're talking about Rush Hour? Yeah. And you have yes. an Asian man mm. and a black man yes. on your podcast. Mm. Yeah. I totally uh, you also I have a direct Mexican man and a Caucasian man. We're... Wait, what? I, did I just talk over your joke? I missed it. What did you no. say? I said, and it's directed by a white guy, but then you called yourself Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's right, Paul. I'm a so mu- what we're <laughs> saying is if if there's a crime committed on this podcast, Paul is the guilty party. <laughs> yeah. white man. Except I'm not rich. So 
follow the money. Follow the money. I'll be your lawyer. Oh. Right. <laughs> I'll need it. Oh wait, no, I'm Isabella. That's who I am. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. I like Snoopy. <laughs> wow. Oh, so But I enjoy uh, the multiculture here. Indeed. Uh, yes. I think that's a great accident, right? Um no, well, you can I, find me. Yeah. Sorry. No, No, I'll keep talking over you, Solomon, because apparently I don't want you to get it worded in edgewise. Please go ahead, Solomon. Yeah. You can find me on YouTube. Um, I haven't made any episodes uh, recently, but um, things are falling into place where I'll I'll be able to crank out more YouTube videos. But you can find me at Coffee and RPGs and Whiskey and RPGs. That's a second channel that I made not too long ago. And I just pretty much talk about video games. I'll do video video game reviews, top 10 video games, mainly RPGs, but it doesn't always pertain to that as well uh you can also find me on twitch on solomon underscore sk um and i do the trinity mmo podcast with sir jazeel and kenneth every sundays although we won't be doing any episodes because you know ken's doing a road trip and i got work and oh, stuff yeah. like that but we won't have any content until maybe uh in in, in august but yeah mm-hmm. that's that's our podcast that we do with uh you know other fellow believers as well and we mainly awesome. talk about mmos and that's going to be every um saturdays at uh, seven pacific so and for those that may not know what does mmo stand for massively multiplayer online and then you attach another like rpg game um first person shooter or whatever i don't know uh and so yeah it's it's mainly just about online games uh we primarily talk about uh, online role-playing games but it you know doesn't always have to pertain to that because you got other games like role-playing games i thought you were talking about massively multiplayer rocket propel grenades oh yeah yeah i mean we we did (laughs) (laughs) but no Awesome, Solomon. Thank you so much yeah. for you and Brother Nate being on the show. Thank you so much to my Super Bill uh, <laughs> your co-host, Paul. Appreciate you all so, so, so much. And thank you, uh, awesome Rewinders, new or, or old, for another fun voyage. You're welcome. And you can find me, pauljpowers.com, at pauljpowers.com. Whoa, it's like your URL is in the name. Uh, and you can find me on our Discord for show announcements or just to say hi. Join us there at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash slash Discord. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Who's talking? (laughs) (laughs) That's Nathan. (laughs) And as he just said, we are part of Culturebox Media Network. Find all our shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. And with that, Captain, we are on final approach to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> thank you, EXO, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we gotta catch you all for fifty first dates. Our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Oh, I forgot about that one. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. I. I just, I just can't believe you guys. You read this amazing movie, Nostalgic. In fact, I'm going to get a bomb right now, and you're just going to go, ah! He ain't going to be in rush hour three. <laughs> 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 ah!
Uh, I can't believe they tossed me out that that window. Uh, uh, makes me think of that one time Jane Cop tossed out that one guy from the plane in that one episode of Firefly. You know, Janestown. Ah, I remember that episode fondly. In fact, right. I'd like to talk about it. ship like this. Be with you to the day you die. Retro. Because it's a death trap. The part of rewind. Pretty cunning, don't you think? They were robbed of time, young indeed, made them poor, burnt out on dullness. What was it all for? With Firefly now, what reviews will they find? The hero of time, retro of rewind. We gotta go to the crappy town where I'm a hero. And finally, Paul knows where that song comes from. See? Isn't it perfect? Isn't no, it perfect? It's not. <laughs> oh, sorry, folks. I know I'm a little pitchy at the beginning, but I, I, I get, I get at better the as the song goes. Those are high notes that in this episode, he does not get that high. Like, mm. it's, it's... I have a different range, so there you go. Anyway. Yeah. Welcome, uh, guys, to another installment of our review of Firefly as we make our way to the movie Serenity, which will be our Christmas episode this year. Uh, but we are, yeah, watching, uh, every month we try to watch an episode of Firefly, uh, working up toward that. Paul, what is the episode this time that we're going to be reviewing? This time, it's the one you've been waiting for, episode seven, called Jamestown. It was first. Jamestown. Sorry. Not Jamestown. Not Jamestown, Jane, you know, like in uh, Jetsons, his wife named Jane. Yeah, the same, exactly. Uh, anyway, it was this fir- this episode first aired in October 18th, 2002. Do you mm-hmm. want to give us a one-sentence recap of this episode plot-wise? Yes. Uh, the crew of Serenity comes to a planet to do a deal. Turns out the crew mate uh, Jane is a hero, local folk hero of the town that they're that they're trying to get this cargo from. And that causes an issue. A moral conflict is because he wasn't really a hero, even though he became one in the to the townspeople. OK, I love my captain. Thank you, Kaylee. Uh, so, uh, let's go. And, and so it's just going to be me and Paul this time. Our brother Nate and Solomon had to had to jet. Uh, but we will give our likes and dislikes of this episode. Uh, Paul, why don't you kick us off? What's something you liked about this? And we can we can do a couple if you have more than one. Oh, I'm sorry. I only came uh, with one each in my revolver. Fine. So you can do a couple. But um, All right. the thing that I like most about this episode was at the very end, the last scene, Jane is uh, recounting yes. the how the person sacrificed his, their life for him so that he could live. Mm-hmm. And in the background is the ballad of Jane. The hero of Canton, yeah. Yes, doing... but it's playing in a, in a lower key, and it's by, like, guitar. It's very... Acoustic, yeah, it's very it, somber. Yes, exactly. Yes. It has a nice tone and touch. Mm-hmm. It really it helps pull the heartstrings at that yeah, moment. I absolutely. thought it was really well done to have yes. that music the way they did it right there. Absolutely. Okay, a couple of things I liked, and you feel free to jump on any of these if you uh, if they resonate with you. Yeah, <clears throat> I really enjoyed. Uh, I like that the idea of this man that isn't that is no one would think to be a hero. He's always out for himself, just out of a misunderstanding becomes the hero. I imagine that's happened in 
in in in uh, stories. I just can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, but I just thought that was a really interesting idea, and that it almost it almost causes Jane to want to live into that. Like at, at first, he's like really taken aback by it, but then after he thinks about it, he's like, maybe I I I want to be the hero to these people, and I want to. I don't oh, I want to take advantage. Yeah, take advantage of all their free stuff they were given. He him. did at first, but by the end, he he's saying to Mal uh, that he, I don't think it's right that we're we're using my fame to to sort of hoodwink these people or what have you. And I I thought that you could definitely see character growth in the end that he's like really struggling that this this kid gone the way of uh, him dying, uh, just so that he would live, even though he's not he isn't really worth. Uh, He's not the the hero that they think they are. Like if they really knew why he, why they got all the money, they probably wouldn't be uh, taking a bullet for him. But I I like that he had to struggle with that and actually think about that. Um, I I don't know if that comes up so much in later episodes, like this character moment of for him. I, at least there's no it, there's no um clear reference to it that makes me think, oh, this is what he learned from that. Um, so that, that's a little sad, even in the movie. I don't think you really have that, but I really like that. I really love the song. I think that's so cool that there's a whole song that we get to hear in this. Every episode we review, we get to hear a rendition of it. Yep. I also, man, could Kaylee and Simon just like, just (laughs) get to a point. I know that once they're in a relationship, you lose some of the drama of, of that will they won't they but ugh, they get so close and then simon's just like kaylee no oh wait that's more dislikes never mind <laughs> i was about to say i'll talk about i'll have more to say on that later okay um but i think that's that's the yeah i have i have a couple of dislikes now that i think about it. but i do like uh those elements i mean i always just love the crew i love oh i love the the treatment it wasn't perfect but the treatment of the Bible and how faith, it's not about you fixing uh, the Bible, but that the Bible and faith fix you. I think that was really, that was actually pretty, pretty uh, legit. So I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Again, I'm going to have to disagree. All right. All right. Tell me why you disagree and go into your disagreements with this episode, Paul. Oh, or let's go into the disagreements. Okay. Or the things that I didn't like about didn't this episode. Like, yes. Are you ready? Yeah. I may have only had one like, but hold on. Buckle <laughs> your seatbelts, folks. Do you have a five-point harness for this? Um. Oh, you need more than five for this. Let's wow. see. Um. It starts off with Kaylee trying to convince somebody it's all right to swear, which is going to go against me because I don't think it's so. But then you know, once Simon, the person who she had an interest and then has like not only like uh, has insulted her likes and her advances towards him. Oh. Then he gets hit, and I, I complimented her on one of them previous episode. In fact, she was one of my favorite. Char- she was my yes. favorite characters for mm-hmm. realizing what a jerk he was, and and realizing that's probably not for her. Mm-hmm. She does a total one eighty as soon as he gets hit. He gets hit in the mouth or something. She leans down and calls him honey and picks him up and is like all caring towards him. She uh-huh. regresses in uh, in a way that oh, it's okay. I think is just not good towards her character. Oh, okay. 
Let's see. I think Mal is being an idiot for waiting till noon the next day to sneak cargo when it's nighttime that night. They could sneak cargo that very night. They don't know where it is. They can't see it. It's camouflaged pretty well. No, they have the time. Oh, you know what? Let's instead. uh, uh, Here's something else. You bring certain people. You have a job to do. Let's. Uh Oh, oh, we can't find the cargo we're supposed to, to pick up. Let's all go get drunk. On a mission, this is not a layaway mission. This is not vacation time. It's not the time to go get drunk. And yet you have Kaylee and the doctor, all these people. They're trying to fit getting in. Drunk. No, right. they're, they're, they are not on shore leave. This They are here for a mission. All right. This all right. is not. I, that's fair. That's and Jane fair. is being an idiot for yelling at his adoring fans and not being grateful. And then uh, let's see. Trying to um, get an adult to lose his virginity is one of the key plot oh, points yeah. in here. Oh, yeah, I'm, that, I'm in agreement with you on this. Yes. And all that is just the payoff for that is so that this guy who, who loses his virginity can uh, basically can step into escape. his home and, and escape this made up thing that they call landlocking the ship out of convenience to make the story worth it. So it's all contrived. It's all made up and not worth it, in my opinion. All right. Um, yeah. River saying that the Bible is wrong. And then going back to what you said about the Rev saying, well, it's not about wrong. It's about faith. Well, that's great. You can have faith in any fairy tale. It doesn't. But it, the context the is the Bible. No, the context. The context the Bible. No, he says it's not about be, the Bible being. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about faith. So it's no, throwing you're, the Bible you're, away and putting all the trust in faith, which is no, that, you're, yes. you're mis- Rewatch inter- the scene. I, I'm going to no. play the scene no. for you just go to prove it. you wrong right go now. Here go we go. We're, you will all see in real time as Copyrighted. YouTube and Twitch shuts <laughs> me down for copyright. Right, but so exactly. that I can prove Paul wrong. Here we go. Hold on. I just need, I need to find the part. Yes, okay, after the earth is used up. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay, what? For that copyright. Oh, wait, are you? <laughs> that was, was me. That I was, oh, I, I was like, just trying to get, like, something to kill the time. I was going to play oh. the theme song, but that might get us kicked off. I don't know. Well, yeah, we're reviewing geez, it, so let's play it. It's fair use because we're reviewing it. Take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free. You don't take no. me out to the back. Tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land and board the sea. You can't take the sky from me. Okay, so I I found the part. It's going to be more than what we're thinking. I mean, I'm gonna. I had to start a little sooner just because I'm not going to like be able to finagle it that easily. Well, let me share my screen here. Just you wait, Paul. Just mm. you wait. Well, I, my I, interpretation. I, I, will, I will say this. You're like, we, oh, you know, Francisco. Interpretations right. that differ. My interpretation is it's not about being right or wrong. It's about faith. Well, right or wrong is based on God. He determines what's right or wrong. So he's saying it's not about God. It's about having faith in something that makes you a better person. All right, this isn't going to show it because they have some, like, uh, they oh, do yeah. have a landlocked type thing. But yeah, we're, I can share the, I can share my audio. I, the, right. So this should play 
even though you won't be able to see it. And I'll right. share my screen, even though you won't be able to see it. At least I don't think you'll be able to. So I'm playing it. To, thumbs up if you can hear this, Paul. 11, 11 times, but always comes out one. Okay. So Noah's Ark is a problem. Rivers, Tapisa. Really? We'll have so to call it early up. quantum state phenomenon. Only way to fit 5,000 species of mammal on the same boat. She tears out a page of Give the Bible. Give me that. He takes the Bible. Maybe you don't fix the Bible. Don't fix the Bible. It's broken. It doesn't make sense. It's not about making sense. It being the Bible. It's about believing in something. That, okay. And letting that belief be real enough to change your life. It's about faith. It being the you Bible. You don't fix no, faith. No, it's about anything. No, no, he went with something, but then he went back to it, which the subject was the Bible before. It's about faith. Yeah, it being the Bible. It no. is a stand-in word no, for the right, Bible. Let's agree to disagree. All right, fine. I'm glad <laughs> it was all worth it. That was totally worth it. I agree. It was completely worth it. Okay, but that wasn't anyway. the thing that I hated most. Okay, what, what did you hate? Actually, let me go with the thing I hated most right. before you get there. All I, that wasn't the thing I hated most. Okay, well, the thing I hated most was really just like, like you. it's the thing you mentioned before, this whole concept. And... I get that they're trying to show these people as sort of backward or the the father of the the magistrate of this land being just like really sort of despicable that he can't stand that his son hasn't had sex. And that's really that's a really sad state to be in and that that that's what makes you a man. But I don't like that. The that. Oh, so I don't like the sense that this his son that he sleeps with Anara, who's a companion, sort of like a geisha or uh High-end prostitute, you could say. So they sleep together, and then she's the one that tells him that that's not what makes you a man, is being with someone, which is true, but I just yeah, wish just he down. learned that from some other place, from somewhere else, and him being disobedient to his dad doesn't make him a man either, because that's what right. he ends up doing. As oh, I guess I'm a man now. You want me to be a man? Well, that's not that's not it either. So you're wrong on all the fronts. Yeah. Go to a... Go to... Go ask Shepard Book and have him tell Paul that he's talking about the Bible. <laughs> okay. Knowing the, the writers of the show, I would well, uh, disagree. Yes, of course. What What was your uh, the, my worst tragic thing? maker tragic for this video. episode? Okay, for those people who haven't seen it in a while, um, like four years or so ago, Jane visits this planet and he has a partner and his. Yes. Forgotten partner's name. Um, it's Stitch Hickens, Stitch Hickens, something like that. Um, no, Higgins is the magistrate's name. Okay. Oh, I'll, Stitch. I'll, yeah, Stitch is. Stitch. Is, I'll, I'll look it up, but no, not it's that Stitch. Important. Okay. Okay. Stitch. We'll go Stitch. Yeah. No. Anyway, yeah, Stitch. I'll look it up. So Jane and Stitch are partners when they come to this town on this planet. They basically steal the money from the magistrate all his gold and such and they're about to leave but their ship's too heavy so he dumps in order to get away in time because the the local authorities are after him he dumps the money on all the, uh on the public town square mm -hmm. and um and with that money is his partner stitch that goes down with it and is stitch hessian h-e-s-s-i-a-n Hessian? Anyway, Stitch we'll call him Whatever. Stitch, not Stitch, Lilo, yeah. but okay. anyway. So the people think that Jane's a hero for dumping all the money on him, and yes. the uh, the magistrate of the town 
lock stitch up for four years into the, like this wooden box for four mm-hmm. years. So mm-hmm. we get to a point where um, Jane comes back with the Firefly crew and um, the magistrate and like the jailer let stitch out of this wooden box. Oh no, this is right. Oh no, this is okay. a horrible thing. Yes. Okay. I, I'm curious where you're going with this, but yes, okay. I, I'm yes. And then they, and they say, Hey, uh you know your buddy jane is here um here's a loaded gun (laughs) okay exactly and he's uh, and stitch is like why'd you give me a loaded gun and and he's like well remember we didn't put you in this box and for me if i was stitch Mm -hmm. i would have taken that loaded gun and blow the magistrate and the jailer away because jane did not put him in that box those people did now jane dumped them and i uh-huh. would later go on maybe you know to kill jane. jane yeah exactly yeah. those two would have been shot right there right like, exactly yeah. there's it doesn't make doesn't any make sense, any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 the totally way, I agree this totally agree. i know this may sound weird if you've never seen the episode like why is that okay they are okay it doesn't make sense but there has been such a build-up through the episode that when it gets to this point you're like what yeah yeah i mean yeah because it's like, no, yeah, exactly. I imagine this person being put in this box by these same people yeah, for four years. That's going to embed something that you I hate that you may also hate Jane. That's fine. Yeah. I, I totally get that. But yeah, you're totally going to blow away these people yeah. too. It's, it doesn't make And by saying, oh, we didn't put you in the box. Uh, you literally did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, they're not. They don't. I I think they overestimate the psychological impact they have on this person. I mean, mm. they wouldn't have that on me. It sounds like not on you either. So if I was going to kill not. people, they would be on the menu for that. So. Right. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, let's go real quick. Who is your? What character did you connect with the most in this episode? I, I this this episode I didn't connect with any characters. Okay. I connected with. Uh, probably. I, I want to say Shepard. I know we're in disagreement about that, but I appreciate his character and, him and it's to, obvious she's help. running away from his hair. Yeah, like, that is too. I yeah, that was weird. But I'm talking about before that. And even still, um, <laughs> it makes me not like the character more. <laughs> fine. Uh, okay. Um, and then watching this episode, would you continue watching Firefly after this? So for me, because of all those, this is the first episode that I didn't like because every oh, scene really? there oh, was okay. like oh. I mentioned, it's like this is like, this is on? all uh, wrong. Ah, uh, okay. So I did not enjoy this episode. Based on this episode, I would not watch this series anymore. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'd say plot wise, this was a weaker one, but I liked the elements of it. So it's a weird. I like the song, so I'm gonna give it a pass. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'll say this is on the probably the lower tier of the episodes. Uh, Which is too but bad. Because it has a good it. premise, but yeah, the execution yeah. of it all is just completely wrong. Not good for you. All right. No. That's fair. That's fair. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And we'll catch you next time. Keep flying. Good night. Don't let the space bugs bite.